up, ladies and gentlemen? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Live Free Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Maxwell. Today's guest is Judith Suppine. Uh, spoiler alert here, Judith is a man. Um, before getting ready to do this, I I had found out by by researching, but wasn't sure whether he was a man or a woman. Um, but he is a male. We get into all of that and uh, the sort of antagonistic behaviors in which I am a, a big fan of and exhibit myself on occasion. I found uh, Judith and I to have a lot of similarities, which was interesting. Um, and, you know, misery always loves company. So we get into all that. Um, I want to thank the sponsor for this episode, our friends over at FloatSD.com. Uh, they are a new float tank uh, provide, I guess, what would you be like a provider, a facility? Um, I don't know. I guess people who have listened to the show have probably heard me talk about float tanks before. Uh, maybe people who listen to the Joe Rogan podcast, who I often brag about me doing the podcast logo art for, um, he talk. he actually has a float tank in his house and the float tanks that are down here at floatsd.com. They are the same exact tanks. Um, I believe it's there's the dude Crash. I think is the guy who sort of uh, revolutionized the the modern float tank, which is a very old process uh, that could you know that uh, you could find back in the old psychedelic days as well. There is some psychedelic properties to uh, allowing your mind to shut down some of some of your sensory organs. Uh, some people go into like a dream state sometimes. Uh, some people find that they just get relaxed. Some people, like runners and marathon people types, uh, triathletes will go and heal their bodies. A lot of times uh, the, the tanks are full of Epsom salt. One of the things about the place is that it's, uh, it's, it's actually one of the first to operate under all these like specific city like terms, you know, uh, uh I actually went like I hate to throw people under the bus who are doing their thing, but I went to one before that made like I was actually on mushrooms, but that's a whole other story. Um, but the the tank was in this house in like a residential area. Well, I was on mushrooms again. Mentioned that before, uh, and it looked like a sort of Bates Motel type of setup. Really freaked me out. It ended up being a great experience. I and again, not to shit on anyone. But it's nice to know, like, if you're, like, some people uh, want to have a certain level of professionality, uh, a professionalism, and you can get that from our friends down here at Float SD. So check them out. Um, they have really great prices, too. Like, you can do a six-hour float for, or a, a six-hour float, a two-hour float for 60 bucks, or for 40 bucks you can get an hour. And I think... For beginners, an hour is plenty of time. It actually goes by really fast. It seems like it would be a lot of time, but it'd be, like all of a sudden you blink and an hour is gone. That's actually how relaxed you get. So it's pretty interesting. Um, you can follow them on Instagram if you want to see some pictures of this. You know, they got the some of their filtration systems. They got some tips. Um, there's some videos of, of uh, the facilities. Of course, they got some of the pricing and that sort of deal over there on their instagram it's underscore f l o t underscore and again their website is float sd but it's f l o t s d dot com 
uh, no a no a in the uh, in the website or in their Instagram. So go check our friends out. Let them know the podcast sent you and get your float on. All right. So um, as always, you can check out uh, MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the podcast, get all the information about all the past guests. You can uh, leave a donation over there if you are so inclined. Uh, you can, we accept uh, PayPal donations over there, which help the show move forward. Uh, if you're a local company or a company who thinks that uh, your business would benefit from all the artists that maybe listen to this show, I was thinking it, it makes sense to have like some paintbrush companies or some paint companies or whatever sponsor the show just because I feel like it's mostly artists who listen to the show. And uh, I think Judith is listening to the show now. He, he mentions listening to a couple episodes. So uh, if anyone wants to um, get in touch, just email me info at MikeMaxWater.com and uh, we can set something up. It's pretty affordable and uh, it helps me continue to do the show. I mean, theoretically, I could... I could justify doing the show, like, you know, putting two shows out a week full time all the time, like really investing a serious amount of time into it. If the show brought in like $1,200 a month, like if it could do that, there's a lot of justification for putting a lot more of my effort and time into it. So um, if we somehow got around that availability, uh, I would put, uh, you know, a shit ton more focus into the show and there would be a ton more content for you guys to get. So, um, if you want to donate, go ahead and do that. Uh, thank you to everyone who ever has the show. I, I'll continue to do the show no matter what. You know what I mean? Just sometimes I lag. Um, so let's jump right into this thing and give Judith a call. Thanks, everybody. Follow me at Mike Maxwell Art as well. And shout out Producer Lex. We miss you. Judith Suppine, what's up, my friend? Hey, how are you? I was worried about how I was going to like enunciate your last name. It's it, like the artists on the show always have typically interesting uh names and i don't know if it's from having eclectic parents or but you know you can't do anything about last names and like enunciating the the last names a lot of times seems to be a problem for me did i get it did i hit it right uh supine supine damn it, yeah. it I, I it's the u like i, I couldn't put <laughs> a, a uh or a u or i wasn't sure which which angle to hit it with well i don't enunciate enunciate very well so Good, good. Then this you could, won't judge this, me then. No, this could be interesting. It's good, dude. I have a mumble <laughs> mouth. It, it, my jaw and like to, teeth structure is so fucked up. My tongue doesn't fit in my mouth. I'm all sorts of mumble. <laughs> it's fine. It's no big deal. So, so we've never met. Um, although yeah. I've I've followed your work for a long time. We have a mutual friend, um, Pepper, who's a collector out of Texas. Who. He connected me with you, and uh, so first, I just want to thank you for for taking the time to uh, to talk with me. Cool, thank you. I, I listened to some of the other podcasts, and uh, okay, good. Which ones did yeah. you listen to? I listened to Dalek, uh, Kinsey. Yeah, you guys are from the. Just, you guys are from the same area, right? You grew up. Uh, did you grow up in Virginia? Yeah, I used to live in Richmond. I think he uh, might have been a teacher or something at vcu yeah he, he was there for a while and there's a like a i think richard coleman was out of the area uh you know there's a there's a interesting sort of like graffiti base that comes out of that particular part of town <clears throat> yeah i uh i lived there for two years maybe we could jump back i i think um yeah. sometimes there is with artists there is some interesting origin stories kind of like superheroes sometimes mm -hmm. I, i've found 
Um, and there's <laughs> something that I, I've read about you, and uh, something interesting that I, I almost a commonality. Um, when I was born, I was born partially deaf, and mm-hmm. so like my first year without like anybody really knowing. And it wasn't that my ears didn't work. It was that the actual canals were shut closed. And so, in a way, I learned how to um, really follow people, like almost read mouse, like Mm -hmm. read people's facial gestures and shit at a very young age as a way to be able to communicate because I I couldn't hear people. And from what I've read, you didn't speak for for a long time growing. Like, it took you a while before you start started to speak is that is that yeah i mean i i was able to speak i just didn't speak chose not to selectively yeah that's interesting too because uh i had a best friend growing up and still to this day we we're still best friends um and he would only talk to me but like if if my parents or somebody around us spoke to him he would uh ignore them like and he would acknowledge them but he wouldn't reply or like uh, engage with them and oftentimes i acted as his voice you know like okay. i would, yeah, I would yeah. engage in people was it some, was it an issue like that where um i don't i'm trying to think if i had a similar like situation not really i know my mother also was a selective mute when she was a kid for uh-huh. a little while briefly i don't know for how long and um do you account it to anything? Do you, I mean, I if you don't want to, I don't know. I don't oh, want to. No, like, I'm, I'm, I'll too. be. I'll try to okay, speak sure, yeah. openly in sure. general. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh. and try to be sincere and yeah. honest. Um, <laughs> I was. Uh, I mean, I was a weird kid. Which dude? I, I'm convinced and, that everybody is a weird kid. Now there's definitely levels of weird. Weird. Yeah, and yeah. Well, I was a. I, I guess I was. Uh, I was in a strange environment, and uh, I didn't. Uh, you know, I, I wasn't, like, connected with my peers. I was totally living in fantasy. Do you, I, it, That's an interesting thing because I feel like that's a commonality amongst artists, the sort of isolationism mm-hmm. that comes with, like, being this type of person. Do you feel like that it's still a part? Do you still feel that, that little bit of isolation? <clears throat> oh, yeah, I still isolate a lot. It's still it's an ongoing issue, but... Uh... You know, as an adult, I've found ways to cope with it. Uh-huh. I guess as a kid, I, my my way that I related to other uh, children was I was uh, good at sports. Uh, me and my brother were both good at sports, and you know that was kind of like our past. Uh-huh. Uh, Which is kind of funny too, because creative types are often misconsidered to be like clumsy and not capable of of physical activity. You know, or at least being good at yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I was always, like, super into athletics, uh, like basketball and soccer. And then I got obsessed with uh, uh, martial arts. and. Which, that's stuff. something we could talk about. I'm a, I'm a Brazilian jiu-jitsu practitioner. And you did yeah, some Muay Thai, awesome. right? <laughs> yeah. You, I think, so you, you moved to Thailand at some point? Or yeah, did I've, you... been to Thailand, I've been to Thailand a bunch, um... Are you still practicing? Not like not training. I mean, look, this, dude, I, I do sh- I do shit for like to stay in shape. I, I was gonna say and you look kind of tough. Stuff. I watched a couple of your videos. I say I think you look a little <laughs> bit tougher now than you did. And I mean, not judging, but 
yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny because, uh, like, I could look at pictures of myself from a few years ago and think, wow, you were soft. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm still I soft, think, like, in the middle, but. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what. It depends what uh, time period in my life that was. Yeah. I, yeah. Might, I might have been <laughs> sidetracked by some other behaviors at yeah. some point. Well, it's um, funny because I find all of those things in common. Like this, the same rewards that you get from making art, uh, I feel like you get some of the same rewards from sports activities. I get it from jujitsu for sure. I talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. So, do you feel like that was? So, do you, do you see a connection between like playing sports, like what it does for your mind, and the like creation process of making things? Yeah, I mean, they both help me with depression. Yeah. Um, I need the endorphins. <laughs> I still, I mean, I still, even if I'm not, uh, like training in a serious manner, I still exercise every day. Um, that's like an ongoing thing throughout my life. Yeah. And I, and I, and I like, uh, comp- anything competitive and, uh, I'm aggressive by nature. By nature. Yeah. Interesting. Yes. I love I I love it. it. You know, it, it again is a commonality on the show. Like this misconception about artists, it, and I, I put I, I'm going to air quote artists just as just yeah. as a big lump term. Um, that there's a passivity, a uh, sort of like uh, nerdy feminism to uh-huh. people who create things, which is something I also want to get into with you. Which is funny since you're you go by the name Judas Supine. Uh, yeah. Which, That's my mom's name. Which is great. Like I, um, uh, my grandma passed away recently, and uh, a few years back, she had purchased uh, like a tricycle bike, you know, like big three wheel bike with the basket in the back that she could mm-hmm. ride around her neighborhood and get some exercise, you know. And she was towards the last few years of her life, and she named it Pearl. And I was like, "Fuck, that's such a dope name. I love that name." Yeah. And so, like, almost like in honor of her, even though it was the bike's name, I started mm-hmm. making, like, little graffiti stickers and, like, just writing Pearl on things just for about a year I did it. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of, like, I felt this weird empowerment of uh, taking on a sort of androgynous role. Um, and I see that, you know, like, up until just recently, I didn't know if you were a male or a female. Um, and you know, the funny thing is, is that it shouldn't fucking matter, but like, right. if I'm just looking like, you know, I became familiar with your work through the stuff you do on the street. So, mm-hmm. um, was there a specific, did you think about the, the idea of taking on a feminine role? Yeah. I mean, I like, I mean, I, I like to antagonize people <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and there's. You know, and I think there's kind of that's kind of a silly macho culture associated with some of that stuff. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Sure, especially in the like graffiti, like the original graffiti type movements. Yeah, yeah. Which uh, I guess I, on some levels, relate to, but also uh, I don't know. It's kind of silly, also. Yeah. And a lot of like false bravado. Uh, and again, that's interesting as somebody who is. Uh, you know, just self-describing yourself as aggressive, right? Like yeah, sort yeah, of yeah. like you take on those roles, but at the same time, there's a dichotomy between acknowledging the ridiculousness of that type of like masculinity by, mm-hmm. you know, almost it, it's what you're almost like standing up 
for women in a sense, but antagonizing both men and women at the same time. <laughs> You're sort of alienating yourself here, I think. I'm sort of alienating. <laughs> I'm sort of fucking myself. No, uh-huh. I, I think there's I think there's some interesting concepts there to sort of like make people focus, and even further. Like this idea that okay, now a man is taking on a, a almost a woman's persona in on some level, but meanwhile, like let's say a, like the feminist art movement would argue, wow, look at a man takes a woman's name and then uh, gets a claim because he, not that you're I'm not saying that you're oh, pretending yeah, yeah. to no, be a woman. No, but I would like to fuck with feminists and like yeah, yeah, yeah. Ass- assholes equally because uh, they're to, it's almost equal like they're just different ends of the same spectrum sometimes yeah, yeah. occasionally Fing- finger pointing and, you know. <laughs> there's, there's uh, some there's i i'm curious i would be funny to hear what some like those two opposite spectrums would would say i, I did get i got offered a grant uh from some like I can't remember the fuck it was called, but some kind of like woman, you know, like they were trying to give like woman in the arts <laughs> grant. And uh, <laughs> the lady called me to speak to me on the phone and she, I could tell she kind of, she like freaked out. She just hung up on me. Wow. That's so good. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so what yeah. was, did she not call you back? Yeah, like, I called her back, and she, like, kept saying, like, oh, it's hard for me to hear you in here, and I was, like, panicking. I could tell she was, like, didn't know how to react, and she doesn't want to, like, discriminate against against me or something. I don't know what was going on. And not only that, but but what if she was, like, considering, oh, shit, this lady has a really deep voice? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, or that was also possible. (laughs) So Uh, that, that sort of plays into what... I have seen in uh, the modern street art movement, which uh, I, I just had Andrew Hem on the show, and I talked to him a little bit about like I've been in this on this scene for a really long time, so I've been able to see like the last twenty years of evolution mm-hmm. of how things have worked, and I remember you know like late nineties, early two thousands, there was a very like a strong absurdist type movement. Like there was Mm -hmm. an idea that we're kind of fucking with the status quo a little bit while at the same time, like of making comments on the seriousness of graffiti at the time. Mm -hmm. Like I think there was a movement away from, uh, what comes along with real, like real life, city graffiti crews and Mm -hmm. things that happen within those communities um do you feel like you were coming from that absurdist angle at all did you feel like you were trying to make any of those type of statements like i I remember now like everything has transitioned into humongous fucking murals right like it's just mural parties now but at the time like people first started pasting stuff up I'm not saying the first time, but when a movement started to get a, a gradual uh, sort of snowball effect, like people are doing things as an antagonistic sort of like fuck you to the rules once uh, a comedic aspect that made it to where it wasn't so serious that it like where like cops weren't sure if it was graffiti or if it was like a movie like there, there was a, an inconspicuousness to it at mm-hmm. the time and i feel like what you're te- what you've told me so far kind of fits into some of those mentalities and i'm curious if your move your movement to start making stuff outside came from some of that yeah i mean well 
Sorry, that's a, I, I'll just I, talk and then it's well, like the way I view. I don't know. Maybe at the the time period, what I, I was thinking, I probably, I don't know if I fully would agree with my former self. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is often uh, the case. You, you know, so I was like pretty. Uh, yeah, I like the idea of fucking with people and doing shit illegal. And the anonymous in general is appealing to me. Yeah. The anonymousness of yeah. the act is was something that drew me in right away. Yeah, it's intriguing to me. Like anonymity is in, makes it more intriguing. Uh the kind of like lack of gatekeepers at the time and the feeling like it's something transgressive and like naughty and that kind <laughs> of shit is like yeah. was attractive to me. Um and that just kind of was in flow with like my general lifestyle. What uh, what were you doing before that? You know, so like a lot of people have the punk rock ethic, some sort of skateboard mm-hmm. mentality. So there's a lot of things that lead people to the streets beforehand. Did you have right. anything like that? Uh, I was not like I was never super into music um, or skateboarding or that kind of shit. I was into like. Playing basketball and uh, <laughs> karate. <laughs> so and, you know, yeah. So. Do you feel like neither of those things, in my mind, probably like attach you to your environment in a different way, right? Like a basketball. You know, like I played a lot of ball when I was a kid too. Mm-hmm. We had like the like basketball drill, the, the backboard drilled into the wall by the you know by the dumpster right. or whatever. Um. So in essence, there was some like I guess there was some like being a kid out on the street playing basketball, like going from court to court. Maybe did you have no? Well, I would say like so. I think like the punk rock skateboard kind of shit that initiates people into graffiti sometimes. So yeah. those kind of like some kind. I didn't have that. Like I wasn't seeking a way to be an outsider because I felt like an outsider <laughs> in the already community yeah. I was in. I was like trying to find ways to cope and kind of fit in yeah um well don't you think that that's so, what don't you yeah. think that's what some kids are doing getting in crews too it's like a lot of times like yeah, family yeah. feels fucked up at home right like yeah sometimes you know we act out as kids i just went through i found an old box of stuff and had just been going through shit from when i was a kid and a teenager and a young adult mm-hmm. and um i found some old like detention and like referral like paperwork from when i was in junior high and in mm-hmm. high school and i could see it's like as soon as like my family structure started to break down when my parents were beginning to divorce and shit was going all bad i it's clear in the paperwork like i could see it happening like yeah. it, initially i start acting out and it's funny because i think that that's important to who i am now like that early defiance of mm-hmm. authority figures was very instrumental for me. Like, I was never, like, I wasn't, I listened to mostly, like, popular, like, old music, and Mm -hmm. I could ride a skateboard, but was never very technically good at the tricks of skateboarding. So I, like, I got into things as a way to, like, take control of my own environment when at a time I likely, as a child, felt uncontrolled, you know, or a lack of control within my own space. I think as okay. if I'm looking back on my own, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that that early defiance, which looking back now, it's kind of embarrassing to see like how I was like, <laughs> just 
basically telling the world to go fuck itself, which right. is not that far off from <laughs> from how I feel now. But yeah, I mean, I still I still have those feelings, uh, but I maybe express them differently uh-huh. or try to. Um, I mean, I've definitely gotten less confrontational. You know, I find as it, an adult, I find that confrontation is sometimes an addiction with people. Yeah, yeah, I'd walk around like dying for someone to like bump into me. Really? With, or yell? Or did yell you get in fights and stuff me, me a lot a when you were young? Yeah, I was like, I mean, as a kid, I was the white kid always. So yeah, which was like a target. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So my my past was being good at sport. You know, like being good at basketball. So it, sport and yeah. sports in general. So how did? But my curiousness is like, how does that lead into into how you do things in the work that you're making? How the unless that it's completely separated, you know? Like I and I think about this myself, like how my fucking attitudes about whatever, like is that like sometimes it has zero to do with the paintings that I'm making, and maybe making paintings is just to not not like fucking think about all that old bullshit or whatever. I'm not. Yeah, I'm like I'm never. I mean, I'm not trying. Or when I feel like when sh- when I make shit that I feel like is good, I'm not trying to make some kind of like direct narrative or social comment or any shit like that. Yeah. But I do have a feel in me that there's like a sense of like general inequality in the world, and that, that kind of like fuck you to whatever i don't even know to what you know yeah. i still have that like angsty teenage kind of like view of the world <laughs> i've like i haven't let go of that how uh, old are you i'm 37 yeah i'm 36 and i got the same fucking thing it's like yeah um and I, do you think it's like i i over the last year i've been thinking like all this shit that like we'd love to see change in the world like there's a lot of stuff that probably just isn't in our lifetime isn't going to change. Like there's so much stuff that is incremental, small movement changes that, mm-hmm. you know, it's likely those things that cause us stress or like give us depression or like cause just a moment of thinking about the disparity of something. Sometimes it's it's almost like it's just it's only harmful. Like it doesn't really help a lot. No, and I think, for me, I think that, uh, you know, I can, uh, like, obsess over, uh, some, like, world politics or something, <laughs> and it's just another form of escapism of not dealing with, like, uh, people that are directly in front of me. Yeah, or the, uh, you know, the insanity that is actually being alive on this planet in this universe at this time. <laughs> like, it's heavy yeah. if you, like, oh, yeah. get down I have to enough it. anxiety dealing with fucking my landlady or some shit <laughs> not like you know yeah like, like getting to the mailbox or... <laughs> water and bullshit like that like the reality is like i need to try to be nice to my parents and my brother and not be a dick and yeah. you know that's a day-to-day struggle yeah you know a moment-to-moment struggle even yeah not be an asshole so maybe <clears throat> we can talk about the work that you make um the <clears throat> first stuff i started seeing was um your collage painted so i guess a sort of mixed media i guess it's fair to say um i know Uh, you you have a process that you go through um i started i remember i I guess seeing stuff on walls but i I, i'm like my memory Mm -hmm. is is jumping back to like seeing this sort of almost sculpture works that you made 
and you put yeah. some stuff out in the water you you put some stuff up on one of the bridges in new york i feel like there's i, I don't know if you pasted it or not but i feel like some of these structural things that you made have been mm-hmm. been kind of interesting to me um maybe we could talk about the process that you go through i know that yeah. for me like as i go searching for imagery that i'm going to use as reference for a painting like mm-hmm. i use the analogy that it's a lot like a dj like listening to records, like going through things and finding things. And you'll see something in my own experience. I'll see something that it's almost like the image is saying to me, hey, look, grab me. Like you're supposed to deal with me, not the other four images that you just looked at, five images, whatever. Yes. Um, and it's almost like one's shining brighter than the other and it'll stand out to you. Do you, do you have that uh, in your collage work when you start piecing together some of these images? Yeah, I just get I get tons of books and magazines and I'm like slicing through hundreds, thousands of images. And I do get that kind of some intuitive like, oh, this is there's some kind of emotional impact that somehow stands out to me. And then I'll start to build off of that. Um, And as regarding making the like sculptural kind of stuff you're talking about in public. Like I'd make I'd make small collages on a piece of paper, like scraps of paper, and then I'd blow them up and uh, paint them and put them on wood and put them in you know and I'd, I'd like put them in the water or climb on shit or go in tunnels and stuff. It seems but, like uh, a lot, a, a much uh, more labor intensive process than doing posters on the street on a wall somewhere. Yeah, uh, I don't, I mean, I'm trying to think why, like, I mean, that lost its appeal to me and, or has lost its yeah, appeal to me com- completely. Yeah, yeah, like, uh, and it just stopped being interesting to me, you know. Do you have any so, thoughts on why? You just, uh... I think uh, I had the, a little bit of this, like, naive, uh, like, oh, everyone's like, yeah, fuck you, let's. I don't, you know, I, I, I think like a lot of people, I probably came to this stuff as a teenager with kind of getting drunk and drawing some shit and then, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, not like some like master plan of like, uh, being in some fucking art gallery that, you know, yeah. where they're going to turn out to be assholes anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, and not that I'm like some pure, pure intention person, but I, I, there, I maybe was a little bit naive about, oh, where this is headed. Uh, you know, it's, everything gets, any kind of uh, subculture gets cannibalized and Which, spit that... back out into something else. Like how you're talking about how then it turns into just these huge fucking, you know, legal murals. Is yeah, uh... it's completely different from all the things that the beginnings of the movement, you know, especially the very beginnings of graffiti till now. Right. It's, it's all connected. It's all interconnected. Yeah. And as much as the different groups don't want to be associated with each other, like they inevitably are are. like the, it's all a piggyback ride. Not like, (laughs) not in in like somebody's like jumping on the bandwagon of somebody. else. It's just the nature of the movement. But what's interesting in art movements, if we look at history is Mm -hmm. that, a new one always comes up to kind of say fuck you to the old one, you know, as a way yeah. to counterbalance, which I saw at the beginning of 
the air quote modern street art movement. Now we see people just saying that street art is a mural that was done on a wall that got that paid an artist yeah, thirty yeah. five hundred dollars some <laughs> and paid for all the paint. They got flew right. out. A lift yeah, came yeah. out and took care of everything, which is something wholly different, although still piggybacked from those early, like having to go out at two a.m. You know, dodging cops, right. hiding behind fucking walls, running through fields and shit. Like, that's a completely different animal. Well, that, well, that sounds more fun. It's I, I way have, more fun. I don't have an issue with... I mean, well, one of my favorite artists is, uh, like, Diego Rivera. Like, I love... Murals are public, beautiful. Public murals. And there They're can great. be, like... They can be fucking... They can be very thought-provoking and gorgeous and yeah. everything else. Yep. It, it is kind of... There's, like, you know, there's silly like small industry around that kind of designy shit or uh-huh. it's like and that's what's happening i i mentioned uh, with andrew that it's like with um like clothing style when little kids in elementary school are rocking the style that the hipsters were wearing like five years uh, before yeah you know that that movement is is it's at the bottom of its spiral yeah, so sure and i sometimes wonder if the modern uh mural movement which i mean I'm kind of shitting on it in this context, but I mean, it's mm. wonderful. Like I would much rather see a city full of humongous, beautiful murals than a bunch of gray ass walls. But yeah. on the other hand, I also like to see like the grimiest, shittiest tags somewhere on a wall as well. Whereas the audience for the big mural festival, like a beautiful, like I love street art, Banksy shit is mm-hmm. 100% different if you ask them, well, what do you think about this grimy-ass, drippy tag over here? Right. They're going to be like, I fucking hate that shit. It's horrible. That person is not an artist. And meanwhile, yeah. without their – because they have no idea, they don't know what it actually takes to have that drippy, fucking nasty tag be there. And mm-hmm. I'm even – I talk about it a lot that when I see, like, a toy-ass tag, like some new kid that just wrote something on a wall, like a, like a spot that – like a toy would write on and it, like mm-hmm. the tag is shitty. I get more joy from that sometimes than seeing these like beautiful big murals. Cause I know what that kid put on the line and right. what he's probably going through that. Like there's a chance I, I understand his plight, you know, as the tank, the angsty teen. And yeah. there, there's something intrinsically valuable to me about that stuff that is completely lost on this audience who thinks that street art is big fucking murals that take a week yeah i mean i don't i don't really necessarily have a problem with either but yeah, 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 one, yeah. Of, one of one of them is a transgressive act i think that's and there's some power to that yeah. uh the other one is i don't you know it is what it is i don't yeah, yeah. and i don't it's know not, why i don't know if someone wanted to pay me to fucking paint a wall i don't know how to do it like i don't know how to uh to you know, like I don't know, or I don't know how to do that in an efficient way, where it wouldn't take me like a month. <laughs> yeah, to, you know, that's another. Uh, those things are fucking so, hard. I don't mean to make it sound like that shit is easy at all. Cause yeah, it's yeah, a job. yeah. But so, uh, you know, whatever people want to do, that's yeah, their, that's their fucking deal. My uh, my thing is the audience. It's like I I almost just want to make sure that the audience is educated. Not that I care that they're oh, making. Yeah misconceptions or whatever it's just i would rather it's almost like i always use the wu-tang line how could he know what the fuck he never knew like i can't get mad at somebody because they don't know something if they've never been taught if they've if they don't have the experience 
how can you be mad at somebody for their inexperience? You know what I mean? Like it just hasn't happened in their life. Well, it's with most, most shit where we have, uh, any genre of music or something, you know, maybe there's 1% that's, or whatever percentage that's, uh, there's some, uh, attempt at like something sincere, genuine. And then the rest of it, it starts to just have the look and feel of that same thing, you know, like, uh, Oh, uh, you know. Yeah, I and I I'm curious. Like, I wonder if those like if the movements that start to look similar, it's it's such a natural like human thing too, though. Like, <clears throat> like if I keep track of things, I could see like like patterns in art, right? I mean, that's why we have why there is movements. Um, you could say like you know it, it's funny there's a like a ted talk where a guy talks about how movements get started have you seen this mm-hmm. it's a guy uh, no. it's a guy mm-hmm. dancing at a at a concert in like a big grass okay. field and oh yeah and other people start the to second dance. guy comes yeah. up and starts dancing with him and he talks yeah. about how like the first follower is really the person who is the most innovative because the mm-hmm. first person is just like being weird and being themselves but the second person is telling everybody else that it's okay to be weird and be yourself because I did right. it. And that's how, like, movements start to build. So They're it's almost acceptor. like, yeah, I can see how, like, movements, like, it's multiple people working on some of the sort of same uh, mental pathways. And maybe one person breaks and it becomes apparent that there's a group of people who are semi-like-minded. And maybe I wonder how often people get thrown under the bus as being, like, a follower when you know it's just a part of who like they really are being who they are oh yeah or and also i don't know i don't fucking on some level like i don't want a job (laughs) yeah and i I relate to like before i started getting paid to sell a painting i was a janitor the day before so i wasn't like a I would have been, you know, like if I, I, I probably would have, I don't know what the fuck I would have done, but you know, I'm just saying <laughs> yeah. like that shit's not pleasant. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and that's what people forget too, is that even if you're a janitor, if you have what you, if making things is a part of you, you're still fucking mm-hmm. making things, even if you're a janitor and same with the kid who does the shitty tag, he's still at home making fucking like filling up sketchbooks. He's like practicing his craft. He's trying. He's doing something, even yeah. though it looks like he's just a shithead kid. Well, they're tra- I mean, they're trying to get some release from, or some relief from their environment or from their own head. Yeah, that's what it boils Which down is- to. Almost everything. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's what I'm doing when I'm at my best, and when I'm at my worst, I'm trying to pay my rent. So <laughs> that's and, actually uh, what I'm trying to do right now. I'm fucking hustling this week to <laughs> get the extra oh, yeah. three hundred so, bucks to pay the rent. Yeah, yeah, that's but, good, man. I'm, I am. Uh, I say I'm. I'm uh, for the stuff you were saying. I finally got in trouble for uh, for doing the the things that were a little over the top. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, uh, <laughs> I'm on probation. I've been. I, was going to court for the past year for climbing uh, a bridge. How is the um, court system working for you? You feel pretty good about the U.S. judicial system? Uh, I mean, uh, being white was probably hugely beneficial. It and, helped like, out? Relatively clean cut. And, um, yeah, I'm sure that helped me. Yeah, uh, without a doubt that helps. But it was very uh, – the whole thing, I mean, it was ridiculous. I got interviewed by – Unless Homeland the judge was black. Homeland Security twice, so – 
Oh yeah, because the bridges being. Yeah, yeah, because they're like. And being in New York is kind of. Yeah, yeah, which was. Touch it was that was inter- I mean, I guess in retrospect, it was interesting. Uh, yeah, I guess you get to see a behind-the-scenes sort of look at something that maybe not everybody else gets to see. Not in that it's that beneficial, <laughs> but I mean, in terms of experience for later in life, maybe. Yeah, or it was weird the level at which they don't have their shit together. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's sort um, of, I think, how I feel about everybody. That as a kid, you grow up and you think that there's groups of people that have their shit together. I'm I'm 99% sure that 99.9% of everybody in society does not have their shit together. No, and they're asking me how to gain access to these different uh, places. <laughs> Do you remember, and, uh, did they ever catch the person who did the flag thing? Yeah, I think it was two German guys. I think they just got sent back to Germany. And again, those are the types of spectacles that I'm kind of more interested in now as somebody like I just watched um there's a mm. documentary on Netflix called Damnation, I believe. And it's about the way our waterways have been dammed up throughout the country mm-hmm. and the water issues in the country. And um there was these activists who would go and uh, repel down the the dams and paint uh, big cracks in them. You know? Yeah, I've seen and, uh, images. Uh huh. There's a guy, a couple guys, just did one in like honor of the dudes that did them in the 70s or whatever mm-hmm. in this documentary. And I think it's those types of things. Even though that has a very social political like statement, even though a lot of like absurd stuff is more just about like maybe it has a political statement, but not so specific. I think mm-hmm. it's that stuff that's kind of missing now. In... I guess when it's when it's not easily contextualized, it's it's more interesting to me. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and that's like what's not interesting about you know like street art or graffiti to me is it's just like I walk by and I'm like oh that's that's graffiti or that's a po- <laughs> yeah. that's a poster. Uh, it's not at all off. Putting in a, or it's not at all. Uh, maybe it's off-putting. It's not at all. Uh, it, it's not like shaking my day up or some shit. It's just like walking by and be like, oh, there's a fucking coffee shop. But uh, did you feel like? Did it used to for you? I mean, maybe it was. Maybe I was totally in a fantasy world. But I felt that at least there was some point in my life where I did feel that. Like maybe when I was in uh, Richmond, Virginia making stuff because there wasn't that same uh oversaturation or something uh going yeah. on and i think and, back mm-hmm. i don't know i guess you probably around the same period like for me the like mid late 90s in san diego was the same thing like tons of people making stuff with zero intention of it like bringing art fame like everybody was making paintings and showing paintings, but people were doing things outside because the internet was just coming out, so there wasn't like a trap of like just doing things for the internet. Uh, you know? Yeah, and there there's a ton. Of, I'm sure you're aware there were a ton of people doing shitloads of wheat paste or graffiti or whatever at that point and earlier that are just kind of like swept under the rug or gone. disappeared or did some other shit completely gone there's the, there was this yeah. group in canada called human mm-hmm. five mm-hmm. and all the guys are all artists now 
but they and nobody remembers any of this shit like i bring it up all the time they would go to like abandoned houses and almost like install an entire art show around the outside of these abandoned houses like literally would make art that they would attach to the wall as well mm-hmm. as paint all the walls like make the the abandoned site into this like beautiful colorful like big beautiful mess right and they did it for a number of years and they were like one of my first instances of like oh here's this sort of next level step that you can go and i put them definitely in this timeline even though nobody remembers them and it's like i'm sure there are people who remember them but you know like the general masses are like who the fuck are you talking about and there it's those things that i feel like that was what caught me and was like oh wow like here's something a little bit more meaningful than what i expected and again had zero to do with making a dollar although i don't i'm not mad at anybody for trying to make a dollar off however you need to 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 get paid to make art like hustle however the fuck you want to hustle but there's some interesting differences between intention um and maybe it has something to do with being young too you know like artists when they really have to hustle is when they get a little bit older yeah i mean i think I don't have an issue with other people doing that, but it's, it's just more, yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's me. Where it's like I feel a difference in my intention. I feel I can. There's a huge. There's like a, a a really wide gap from me making something like to pay my rent as like uh, some shit that I already made was tired of making eight years ago, versus when I'm like I feel like in some form of zone, some kind of connection to something outside myself. And I'm just making shit to make it in my, uh, living room, you know, listen to fucking music and like staring at my cat and fucking, (laughs) there's a, there's a very different, uh, it's a different experience for me. And I, and I, there's something, uh, I, I don't know how to articulate it, but yeah, it's strange. I use the, the, it feels different. I use the, um, instance of or like the example of doing a commissioned work like it feels mm. it just feels completely different because you're sort of like working for somebody else it's almost like you're doing something to please somebody else as opposed to pleasing yourself and i know mm-hmm. i know that feeling because like right now like i'm working i'm doing a bunch of abstracts that mm-hmm. like you know i could tell almost by like instagram likes like who likes like what is populous and what isn't right and the things that i really get a joy and pleasure from making aren't the things that are the populous popular like uh bring in they they must not give as much joy to other people like whatever whatever right. happens afterwards like it happens but as a professional artist like you said you got to fucking pay bills you got to pay rent and sometimes that intention of like this has to sell eventually maybe it doesn't have to just sell right Mm. then but like this is a thing that's going to sell to to buy food and take care of my family yeah yeah. it becomes i wonder if it's the same burden for other people in other like sales industries if they feel the like same i don't i don't think it's even effective like when i have like i know when i've on some level been like okay i'm making this shit to like, I'm trying to fucking sell these paintings. This yeah, it is the kind work. of place where they want to sell the paintings, and it doesn't work. And then, like, I've and I've been at points where I was just like, fuck these people. I'm making <laughs> whatever I want. And then I ended up selling, like, a sculpture of a baby with cum dripping out of its mouth or something, you know, which is... It's great, right? 
Well, yeah, I mean, it's good. I, I wouldn't buy that. But, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the act that... Yeah. Oh, yeah, the, no, yeah, but... It's... That the thing that you wanted to make was the thing that actually brought the sustenance <laughs> in both, like, mental and economically. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that was a mature behavior, but... <laughs> well, we never claim. <laughs> I, I haven't yeah. heard any claim to maturity yet, so... No. Except for the, the number, the number of ages, the number of years yeah. you've aged. <laughs> but besides that... Yeah, I guess I'm an adult now. I, yeah, I don't uh, know, dude. I don't know if anybody uh, actually feels like an adult now. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that it makes me wonder if adult, like the people who we look at as adults, the people who were adults when we were kids, yeah, they probably didn't feel like adults either. And maybe still, I don't know if we ever feel old. Like, I know like what feeling old feels like, just because you can think about yeah. your memory in the past. But... In my mind, it's still like 16, 15. 16. Like, I, I feel young inside, for sure. feel younger than my numbers. Right. But physically, I I mean, I, I in my fantasy version of myself, I can, like, dunk a basketball. And <laughs> Not reality so much anymore. is, like, I, you know, I probably can't make a layup or some shit. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I... I mean, I feel older physically. You better get back into that Muay Thai, man. I, but you say you, you're no, moving. You're I, moving. I had bad experience. Really? Why? Just too uh, too much energy. Oh, oh, the last time I got, well, last time I got knocked out in like forty five seconds. Bro, maybe By you got to go to a different gym, <laughs> or were you By just sparring hard. No, I was fighting. By te- a kid. Oh, dude. well, because these kids are growing up from age five <clears throat> training. But I mean, it have try, yeah, yeah. you should give jujitsu a try. I know so many artists who do jujitsu now, and you don't you can get choked uh, out, but you never get punched in the head. I I've, I've I did jujitsu for a little bit. I, I I fantasize about doing it again. You should, man. I'll send you a if you need a gi. <laughs> I'll send you. I'll follow you. I have one. You have a gi. Oh, you have a gi. There's no excuse. I think. Uh, it's helped it's me so though. much. It's like two hundred dollars a month. That is actually that's the one excuse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, where, where did you train at before? Did was it uh, in New York? Yeah, I went to a place in New York for a few months. I think uh, there's a few artists that train over at um, at Henzo Gracie's spot. I think I'm not sure where he's at. Yeah, there's, that's pretty close to me. Uh, and you and know, you can to, a lot of times. There's one in the city I've been to. You can do, like, drop-ins sometimes, you know? Like, if you can only do, like, a class a month, they usually have, like, a 20 or $25, like, pay, and you get the full day or something. Maybe you can get two classes in. It's so good for the, the mental attitude, like, the mental framework. But it still does, it doesn't cure depression or, like, all the angst of life. I think it helps. It does help. It just doesn't cure it. it it's uh, it's humbling. For sure. That's... That. It's crazy feeling of like lack of control. Yeah, I got it kept me out of a fight just recently. Uh, oh, really? Yeah, some sh- road rager tried to get all crazy with me. He has yeah. no idea how badly I could have like ruined his entire life. Like, I could have really hurt him. But truth is, like, I could have got shot. I could have got punched and knocked out. I could have got really hurt and had my life ruined. But I yeah. knew, like, there's something about fighting almost every day in the gym that there's no real need to fight outside i think that's almost like it's allowed me to realize wow there's a lot of people in this world that could really fuck me up like i know that like my ego isn't big enough now oh yeah 
They're like people you wouldn't expect, like seventeen-year-old kids, you know, yeah, <laughs> to yeah, kick yeah. you in the face. Or... I, th- I think there's a little bit of a different culture there where it's like some of those kids they look like little surfers or something. It's not really what you think of as like. Yeah, you wouldn't expect. You wouldn't expect like, by looking at them. Like muscly, like UFC dudes. Uh-huh. And some people with... don't get cauliflower ear, just for the record, like myself. <laughs> uh, yeah, you yeah. can't always tell, man. And th- I think about that all the time. I think of all the people who I would not have, like, nerdy comic book dude or, like, <laughs> you know, like, 130-pound skinny kid. Like, there's all kinds of people who could really ruin your day. And so I was like, hey, listen, bud. I'm not trying to fight, you know, maybe right. I'm sorry I cut you off, whatever, you know, no big deal, not trying to be a tough guy. And it was so funny, like, the guy was trying to be so hard, like, he was all clenched up and super tight, and I know he was so tense that he would have thrown one punch and we would have went to the ground, and I probably would have just, like, held him down, you know, but, yeah. like, he was so fucking frustrated that he tripped, like, over his own car. He was, like, walking backwards, like, trying to still flex and, like, hit the trunk and tripped and, like, just made a total asshole of himself, you know? And I've been that guy. That's the thing is, like, I've been that oh, stupid yeah. fucking road rager jumping out of the car, like, you motherfucker, da, 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 like, acting like a tough guy. Yeah. Like, somebody could have stabbed me in the fucking face, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. Yeah, uh, I try not to... Uh get into physical it's a good it's a good that's good advice for kids in general yeah no no physical but, altercations but it's, no yeah but i do think about it every day yeah and you know i like the Obsessively. idea of, <laughs> well i you better i highly suggest i, I hope you can get into a jiu-jitsu gym soon i yeah i know it's you know what i think and i think this is probably a common thing is it's uh ego it's hard for me to be like not good, like go like I've done when I did went and do jujitsu and start. It's like weird to be like in that martial arts physical combat situation and not be good, <laughs> yeah, like and like suck again. Right back to Wu Tang. How could he know what the fuck he never knew? Yeah, it's, it's that's magic. Like there's ego prevents me from doing a lot of things in my life. I think, yeah. and 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 relating to art, ego prevents me too from like. Uh, when I was listening to the what's the guy's name Christian Van Minen, yeah, uh-huh. interview he did. I mean those those paintings are ama- like tech, just technically amazing. Yeah, and I think he was saying he started painting like that in you know nine years ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is fucking mind blowing to me. I know there's a lot of people that are like that. Like I know how long it's ta- it's taken me 15 years to even just kind of get a little bit okay. Yeah, but I'm not even anywhere near that type of that level. That's I'm curious if you if you have uh, interest in in moving into more painting realms of moving, you know, like yeah, this yeah. sort of collage verse. Because uh, you know it's kind of funny. Like I feel like you do collage, you do a, like a collage and painting mix, but. You know, I I would say, like, I'm not that interested in looking at collage if I'm, like, going someplace to look at work. You know what I mean? Like, I'm – because I'm yeah, a painter, well, I'm Well, probably... there's, like, a general feel to that shit where it starts to just be, like, National Geographic <laughs> stuck with some kind of, like, slightly surreal So that's what I thing, wonder. Do right? you ever – do you think about movie like, so I know, like, for me, like, I basically do a lot of collage work you know, if digitally, if I'm making something like recently, I just did an image that like I took an image and like 
cut it up and put it back together just in Photoshop so that mm-hmm. the, I did a girl with glasses and I wanted her to have a third piece of glass, like another section, and just, you know, made a mock-up in Photoshop to look at for my drawing and to, you know, to be the basis of what I was going to make. And I'm curious if you ever think about doing it that way, like taking the collages that you make and using them as a sort of representation for a painting or as a sort of like as a model for a painting. Yeah, I've tried that. And, uh, I find like, maybe I could try that again, but it's like for a lot of, I, I, I was making woodcuts before. Uh-huh. It would take me where, like, each wood, like, huge woodcuts, really detailed, uh, or each one would take me, you know, three or four months to make. Yeah, which And it's, work like, out. fucking, how, like, I never would be still interested in the subject three months later. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I'm kind I of need, the same way. I, I like that immediate shit where it's, like, I, and now I'm kind of trying to find some other balance. Like, I got into being, like, I want to make shit in 20 minutes. <laughs> I've been talking about that good a or lot. bad, you know, fuck it. Like make like kind of be loosen up and make like go the opposite end and that has burnt out for me totally. Yeah. And I'm searching for other shit. I don't know. I like to I've always liked to draw since I was a little kid and like yeah. you know, I I draw a lot. Uh I'm I have that same that same sort of spectrum because like that's sort of what the abstracts are. Like I want to be able to make like be happy with a painting being made within like an hour. Like 45 mm-hmm. minutes. If I can have something done or at least like a good structure where it's almost done and it just needs a little like tweaking details as it goes. Like mm-hmm. that's really what I'm interested in doing as well <clears throat> because, you know, I want that instant gratification a lot of times. I think I want what the fe- like finishing a painting feels like. But I yeah. also know that <laughs> there's a feeling when I do a brush stroke or make a mark that by itself has like there's an aesthetic value to it and there's something meaningful to me in the way that I move to make a brush stroke or something that mm-hmm. I feel is strong enough as a piece of art by itself. But I don't mm-hmm. know. I, I never, I oftentimes don't, I don't know if it's not that I don't believe in myself or that I don't trust my own instincts, but I never feel like those things translate into, again, my issues with the audience, you know, like wondering how it relates to, some young artists looking at it or like my contemporaries Uh, or, you know, like a lot of that, it's, it's a, like a, a worry for me. It doesn't stop me from doing the things, but it's a, I would be lying if I said it didn't like cross my mind. It's not in your head. I mean, I'm, yeah, I, I mean, I obsess over this shit all day, (laughs) every day. Uh, but I, I, I get, I mean, I understand, I can relate to like, I get a lot of pleasure from like, you know, like line when I'm drawing, like line work, like the kind of like perfect spacing between these lines and uh-huh. like changing That's, the width is the, you know. Those pieces that you were doing with, where you're doing the lines across the faces, like in the mm-hmm. like contours of the faces, some of those works I was really interested in. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, look, if I'm honest, like all those poster things I was making, I have zero interest in. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure. At all. Like, yeah. Like none, like <laughs> fucking... And do you, uh, do you think it's uh, you're not interested in making them? How do you feel like you? I assume you feel okay looking at them like as your body of work from behind you, or do you feel like insecure about them? Uh, maybe I feel insecure about them. I'll, I think I feel bit burnt out on it, and it's uh, I, you know I feel like uh, there's 
I, I don't know if it's a reality or not, but I always have this in my head of like, I'm, I'm going too, too far with this same fucking repetition and not being true to myself and trying to like actually be creative and explore Yeah. and, uh, sell myself short. And, um, and then I, and that also ties into ego, I think a lot with, and fear, just fear of, uh, fucking, you know, fear of like, I guess what you're saying with making the abstractions where, you know, the, your audience maybe won't be as appreciative. Yeah. And I don't, I don't want to be let like other people dictate what I make, but, and I definitely don't want to let my own fear and anxiety dictate what I make, but it, that's something I deal with. Yeah, I feel like it's common. I think I think people that are creating anything all have to kind of face those things. Mm-hmm. But then it's the successful fucks who you know. Like I, I wonder if uh, if you feel like if there's some expectations from your audience of like if if you do something different, do you feel like a pressure? You know, do you feel that pressure? I know I have, you're saying have, you're not well, you're definitely not, from art dealers. I'm sure you've dealt with that. Yeah, yeah that's like, what I'm curious of. You know, well, there's specific people that are uh, can be real like, oh, this painting sell this this sells. I want you to make nine of these, six of these, and three of these, <sighs> which makes me want to just fucking uh, punch someone in the throat. Is it? <laughs> yeah, it's just production line then at that point, right? Yeah, I mean, I and I have to. I guess from their perspective, they're trying to pay their bills and sure. all this kind of bullshit. But and I mean the fact that there is a at least demand. trick me, at least humor me, and pretend that you like, you <laughs> yeah, know, like, like like bullshit me, inadvertently convince you into doing those things. Like, <laughs> yeah, kiss my ear while you fuck me in the ass. It's like, the, yeah, I uh, and you know, but I wonder if there's an expectation too of like that you should be grateful that there is an audience that is like a demand for these things and i'm not saying that that's i'm not implying that that's how i would like (laughs) view it but i mean maybe there is a group of people you know like there's let's say that there's a ton of artists who can't sell any of their fucking shit and Mm -hmm. they hear like somebody who has a grouping of people who want them to make certain things because they know that they'll sell but yeah. because they're the artists that they don't want to do it. And it's kind of, it's so fu- it's almost oh. the same I feel like there is an interesting mentality among creative types of like fuck you don't tell me what to do. I'll do whatever I want to do. Yeah, and I think I mean it's look, it's a luxury problem to be like. <laughs> But I think I think if you know maybe uh, my a good art dealer maybe is uh either maybe, I don't know if it's genuine or they're deceptive enough and clever enough to make you think yeah, you can do whatever you can do whatever you want. Yeah, and that then you will act. Your interests will be somewhat aligned, and you will do what they want, anyways. Yeah, there's got to uh, be the people out there that are more uh, receptive, though. I, I'm sure that they're out there. The types yeah. that are like, let's get weird. Oh, there's a full spectrum, but <laughs> yeah. they're hard to find anyway. Yeah, especially in the art gallery dealer game yeah assholes are easy to at least find. when you yeah at least when you get to a certain <laughs> level you know um and i'm not throwing i'm not uh, trying to throw uh, again i've been really i've been making sure to say that i'm not throwing anybody specific under the bus lately but i th- uh, mean i would love to push people under uh 
I'm not saying I wouldn't love to. I just try to not be <laughs> <laughs> an actual, not yeah, yeah. literal uh, bus. I don't know, man. The fucking, if someone, yeah. Uh, yeah I think that, I feel like I made things worse. I don't know. <laughs> I thought no, we were maybe, no, no. maybe no, we were going to have a nice therapy session here and sort of get some shit off our chest. Because I've been really I, stressed about the whole scene lately. Um, but I think yes. we, I may have just dug us into a little bit of a deeper hole. No, I feel better from having a conversation with another person. It's raining in New York. Uh, it's and, fucking uh, hot as shit out here. Yeah, so good. It's keep, keeping me out of trouble. Good. For an and hour. you know, misery loves company. Anyway, that's why all the artists listen to the show. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I. I <laughs> <laughs> but I'm good. just kidding. Yeah. All right, where um where can people find your stuff online for maybe the people who aren't familiar with the work, your work? Can they uh, see the Instagrams, the interwebs, any place yeah. in the portals, the interweb portals that they could see your stuff? Um, Instagram. What's that? What's I, have, your... I have in, I have Instagram. I don't have a I don't think I have a website or anything. Are you at what is your at? Uh, at. Judith Supine. There you go. That's how I was just trying to pull com, that out of Or at Judith Supine. <laughs> <laughs> you're on yeah. the, you're, you dominate the Judith Supine Google search if they just, Supine, Supine. Yeah, yeah. Supine. I fucked my mom over. Uh, yeah, you totally fucking wrangled the name. Dominated that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Let's do internet dap. You got that? Boom. All right. All right, thank hey, you. I want to thank you again for taking the time to shoot the shit with me. It was uh, it was good to uh, get to know you a little bit better, and uh, hopefully, I'll uh, I've been trying to get, figure out how to fucking get to the East Coast here soon. But first, I got to figure out how to pay my rent, and then. Oh um, uh, yeah, me too. And then I want to leave. Oh, then you're getting the fuck out of there. Where do you want to go? Uh, maybe LA. <laughs> Is that a terrible idea? It's not terrible. No, San Diego's a lot nicer, but you might. Uh, Fred Stonehouse told me I might as well live in Minnesota, if or Wisconsin <laughs> yeah. in terms oh, yeah, yeah. in terms of art worldness. Oh yeah, yeah. It's well, like a fucking desolate island down here. I mean, I'm in my apartment all day, so it's kind of <laughs> like a desolate island that I, I've created. I hear. All right, my friend. Well, thank you again. I'll uh, I'll be in touch. We'll uh, we'll cool. talk soon. All right, brother. All right. Later. Thanks, man. Peace. That was my chat with Judah Supine, uh, lovely guy. Glad to know that um, it's always nice when uh, there's artists who you don't know who um, start listening to the show and are enjoying the uh, the content, which I hope that if you've got this far in the episode, I'm, I'm assuming that you do too. So um, thanks again for listening. Thanks again to our sponsors uh, over at FloatSD. That's F-L-O-T-S-D.com. Uh, it's float SD, but there's it's just the little line dash over the O, not F L O A T. So it's F L O T S D dot com. Uh, you could find them at Instagram at underscore F L O T underscore. Um, give them a follow, check them out, let them know that the podcast sent you, and uh, go get your float on. Get um get your mind right, get your body right. Uh, and listen to a podcast on the way over there. Let them know that uh, we sent you. So uh, I hope everyone has a good day. Uh, thanks again for listening. Follow me at Mike Maxwell Art. Go to the podcast at MikeMaxwellArt.com. Click on the link. Drop some dough. And uh, 
I thank you. All right, guys. I'll see you next time. Bye. Brother, do you think they'll drop the bomb? Don't you cry